0: Personal branding, raising your profile in a crowded marketplace can so feel disheartening. But today's guest is the co-author of The Expert Revolution, which has tips and strategies for how you can reach a wider audience than you ever imagined and position yourself as a buyer's top and sometimes only choice. Stay tuned.
1: This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner helping you see business issues hiding in plain view that matter to your bottom line.
0: Welcome to Business Confidential Now, the podcast for smart executives, managers, and entrepreneurs looking to improve business performance and their bottom line. I'm your host, Hannah Hassel-Kelchner, and I have a fabulous return guest for you today. She's Liz Haar. Liz is an accomplished entrepreneur and executive specializing in brand management and growth strategies for professional services firms. She helps businesses solve critical marketing and brand-related challenges as a managing partner at Hinge, where she leads Hinge's client service team. Liz also has co-authored several books, the most recent being the Amazon bestseller, the Visible Expert Revolution, How to Turn Ordinary Experts into Thought Leaders, Rainmakers, and Industry Superstars. You know, personal branding is such a powerful skill to develop and master, whether it's to enhance a resume or build a business. And that's why I can't wait to learn more about the research that went into her new blockbuster book, The Visible Expert Revolution. So let's have her join us now. Welcome to Business Confidential Now, Liz. Liz. Thank you, Hannah. It's great to be here. It's so good to be with you again. Your new book about personal branding, The Visible Expert Revolution, sounds fascinating. What trends or changes in the marketplace did you see with regard to personal branding that prompted you to write this book?
1: Well, you know, we wrote the original version of this book a couple years ago. And this is actually an updated version. And there are some changes in the marketplace that caused us to say, you know, now is the right time to uh, bring an updated version of the book to the fore. And those changes were, one, this onslaught, some people might call it that, of AI and how automated, if you will content and quote-unquote opinions and quote-unquote expertise is is being put out there through AI-generated content. And because of that, it is even more and more and more important that authenticity be brought to the table because that is what people are looking for. And another uh, very opposite end of the Spectrum sort of marketplace condition that uh, has really been plaguing the industry for a long time is the war on talent. You know, it's been harder and harder and harder to not just attract, but also retain top talent, people who really have true, uh, genuine expertise. And so firms are more and more willing to go out and secure that expertise through an outside uh, consultant, an outside voice. And so all to say that real, true, authentic expertise is more and more important, more than ever in today's marketplace. And that really caused us to want to update this book with new research and new findings.
0: That is so interesting, this whole idea of authenticity. Not that the concept is new, but it's increased profile. Tell me what you mean by authenticity and how people today in your research and experience are evaluating it, because you're right. I think people are scared of AI, things sound really great, and and how are you supposed to judge it?
1: Yeah, you know, that's really the million-dollar question. So in the research one of the things we explored with participants in the research were the top benefits they perceived from working with an expert. And uh, the very top benefit was around experts helped me think of a new way to solve a problem that had never occurred to me before, never occurred to our leadership, never occurred to our board. And that type of expertise cannot be... Unleashed through AI. AI is AI is only as smart as it's told to know, right? And <laughs> so, uh, genuine expertise, on the other hand, is that uh, the ingenuity that's brought to the table, and you know, the ideas that flow as the conversation unfolds, and that is what people are hungry for. And I will tell you, this uh, AI-generated kind of—I I think that AI certainly has a place when it comes to generating thought leadership, it can help with outlines, it can help uh, get the creative juices flowing, so to speak, but it certainly, it certainly does not offer an end product that is genuine and authentic because thankfully there are some things that only humans can still do. And that's something that only humans the humans can do. So that's really what I mean by authenticity is just that real raw thinking and that, uh, that unique perspective that others are not articulating and that new way of solving a problem that really has never surfaced before.
0: So it sounds to me like AI is a little bit like a three-year-old that repeats what it hears, but doesn't really understand it.
1: I think that's a great way to characterize it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Someone who's an expert in their field that has the credentials and experience to back it up, how would you recommend that they raise their profile and improve their personal branding? What, what, say, two or three things should they be doing?
1: Well, I'll tell you, the very first thing they should do before they even think about where am I going to build visibility and what techniques am I going to employ, the very first thing they do is to nail down their niche. And a lot of people think they are they have a specified expertise, but all they have to do is go around and look on LinkedIn and and do some Google searches. And they'll see that, in fact, they have a large volume of competition that at least says that or purports to uh, have the same expertise. And so really laying a stake in the ground around where you specialize, how you specialize is the very first thing to do. It will keep you differentiated and it will help you rise above the noise because then when you move to the other aspects of building your profile, which is, you know, creating the thought leadership and making it visible in the channels where your audience is reading and learning, you will show up as a differentiated and important Relevant voice. So, finding your focus, defining your focus—that is the number one thing. And I would say the the other things you do after that, number two, is make sure that you have studied where your audience is studying. Uh, you know, don't don't be on all social media channels if they're only on LinkedIn. Uh, don't try to get on all speaking platforms if your audience doesn't attend the conferences anymore and they're more inclined to listen to a podcast. So understand where your audience is learning so that you can focus building your profile in those channels. And then number three, speaking of where your audience learns, how do they learn? How, what kinds of words do they use to articulate the thing they're trying to learn about? And if you can inject their language in your language, that's how you really connect and align with your audience. And so that when your audience sees an article you've written, they'll say, you know what? Nobody else is talking about this in the same way that I have. I'm going to invest my time and check this person out. So I would say those are the focus. Learn the channels where your audience is gathering information and learn how they articulate their problems
0: three great pieces of advice thank you for that yeah absolutely what do you think is holding more people back from engaging in personal branding I mean it, it what you're describing it makes perfect sense and it sounds I'm gonna put simple in quotes because I'm sure the actual implementation is not that simple um, you know, how do you go about finding their language? How do you go about making sure what channels they're, they're using? So, and I think, you know, we could spend a whole podcast probably on that. But, you know, even before you get to that, people aren't necessarily doing that. So what's holding them back? Yeah, I, I think it's two
1: things. And I love that you asked this question because uh, these two things that hold people back are certainly uh, things that people can overcome So the first is this notion of perfectionism. People are really reluctant to get their opinion out there until it's perfectly polished and rinse, you know, washed and rinse and repeat five times. Um, That's really not the authenticity back to your original question that people are looking for. And I'm not advocating that you go out and just put a bunch of fluff out there and, and it hasn't been well researched and just adding to the noise. I'm not talking about that, but I'm, I'm also seeing that this feeling that, hey, if I put anything out there at all, all of a sudden I'm open to criticism, so I better get it perfect. There is no perfect. So dispel this notion that you have to get it perfect. It just needs to be relevant, accurate, and authentic. Um, perfectionism, just throw that out the door. You know, we we all know that that, that holds, holds people back. And the second thing that uh, really keeps people from building their personal brands in a successful way is uh, one thing, and that is discipline. Discipline to stick to a plan. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. This is There's nothing about building a personal brand that has a one-and-done characteristic to it. This is something that takes time. And what I see a lot of times, Hannah, is people will do this for you know, two to three months and they'll go gangbusters on uh, putting content out there and they'll be really uh, disciplined about looking at their LinkedIn profiles and answering and commenting and really engaging. And then at the end of the three months, they say, I haven't gained a new client. I've got two likes. This isn't working. Let me try something else. This is something that takes six to nine to 12 months to really get velocity around your brand and really build visibility. Now, occasionally you get that one-time client that just you were in the right place at the right time, but that's really not what you should expect. So having the discipline to stick to this and set expectations that this is a long-term plan, this is not a short-term thing, That's the other thing that I think holds people back.
0: Very good. You know, this concept of being authentic and authenticity, there seems to be a through thread here in what you've described in our conversation here. I'd like to have a little better understanding about what you mean by authenticity when it comes to personal branding. Because sometimes I get the feeling people have to put on a mask or a facade of what they think Others are wanting, and maybe are a little afraid to be too authentic. I mean, I, I've heard employees feel that way in the workplace that they can't bring their authentic selves to the workplace. Now that doesn't mean showing up naked, but let's put some meat on those bones. What do you mean by authenticity?
1: Okay. that's a great thing to explore. So it, it might be easier to start by what I don't by what I don't mean. What I don't mean is on your LinkedIn profile putting a picture. Let's let's say you are a solopreneur and you have advisory services that you provide to uh, the professional services space, so a very polished professional hallway of experts and uh, clients that you work with. So authenticity is not putting a picture of you standing in front of your boat with sunglasses on for your LinkedIn profile. So I'm not talking about that kind of authenticity. And I bring that up because I do see that quite a bit. What I'm talking about is less about your personal authentic self and more about your professional profile. And so when you break down the, uh, what, what that means, think about all the profiles you might see on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm using LinkedIn because it's a, it's a place where we all play and just think about the volume of profiles, you see where you see the person's picture, and then next to their title, you see their actual title that they play in the firm, and that's it. Instead, talk about what you're an expert in. What do you help people do? What do you help firms achieve? What is your passion professionally? That's what I'm talking about, that kind of authenticity. That's one layer. Now, how do you put authenticity into the expertise that you're putting out in the world. Again, that's about, you know, there's there's lots of fluffy, overly polished, just junk out there that is filled with industry jargon and like every acronym in the book. That just adds to the noise. The type of thought leadership that is really thought out is the one that has your authentic voice like, Don't use acronyms. Don't use industry jargon. Use plain Jane language to describe your opinion, to put forth your thinking. So that's what I'm talking about. Bring it, make it accessible. Maybe that's another word that people can use is make your expertise accessible to lots of different types of people out there who might be digesting it. You're likely not, even if you are in a technical world, you're likely not selling to the very technical person you're selling to somebody who uh, makes decisions and runs companies and thinks higher level than that. So, hopefully, that helps define what I'm talking about when I mean authenticity.
0: Yes, it does. I think it's helpful, especially talking about it in layers. And sort of distinguishing it from what goes on Facebook, because I've noticed a, a tendency for some people to get a little bit more personal on on LinkedIn, and some things are maybe topics better put on Facebook or some of the other social media sites because they're really they're not focused on being professional. And maybe that was their intent to try and be more accessible, if you will. And I'm using the word in a different way than you just mentioned as far as language, but uh, to try and make themselves look more regular? I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You, the bottom line is you have to know your audience. I mean, I, I work with an expert who he, now he actually does put some of his, some undercurrents of his political thinking woven into his thought leadership because that's part of his personal brand and that's what his audience comes to him for. So, He knows that, he understands it, and and that's part of it, and that's acceptable. But he can do that because it aligns with what his audience is looking for. If your audience couldn't care less and doesn't have patience for political perspectives woven into their professional lives, then you should be aware of that and avoid it. That's really uh, what we're talking about here.
0: Exactly, exactly. I'd like to talk a second about your book, The Visible Expert Revolution. In terms of personal branding lessons that you'd want listeners to take away from reading your book, what would be the most important thing?
1: Well, as you say, there, you know, there's so many components to this and we could talk about it all day. I, I think the most important lesson would be to build your brand for your audience, not necessarily for you. And that may sound counterintuitive. I mean, the word personal brand, that it's about you. But think about why you're doing this. You're doing it to build your book of business. You're doing it to get more clients. You're doing it to add value. You're doing it so that you have a reputation for adding value. So I really counsel people to think about their audience. What is their perspective? What are they trying to solve? What's important to them? What criteria do they use when they're looking for an expert like you? Those who build their brands through their clients and prospective clients lens will be so much more successful in the end, as opposed to those experts who say, this is all about me. Here's what I'm passionate about. I don't really care if the outside world thinks this is important or not. This is important to me and I'm going to do it. That's something, that's fine, but that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about visible experts.
0: Okay. So it's not about the pursuit of fame, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. It it should be about the, the pursuit of meaningful visibility. So not just fame and not just visibility for visibility's sake, but it should be meaningful to the people you're trying to secure business from. That's really what it is.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, Liz, thank you. This has been great. I appreciate your time today and sharing so many of these interesting tidbits about personal branding. If you're listening and you'd like to know more about Liz Har, her work at Hinge, and her new book, The Visible Expert Revolution, that information, as well as a transcript of this interview, can all be found in the show notes at businessconfidentialradio.com. Appreciate your listening. Thank you so much. Please be sure to tell your friends about the show. Leave a positive review. Love to hear from you. We'll be back next week with another information-packed episode of Business Confidential Now. So, until then... Have a great day and an even better tomorrow.